going to talk about kingdom talk and kingdom walk today. Last week we celebrated the giving of the Holy Spirit. And this was a time when poured through Jesus Christ, um, the Holy Spirit was given to all who believe, not just a few people, the prophets, David, Daniel, but to all who believe. And another, uh, I guess for me, uh, an explanation of the Holy Spirit would be the power of God. The power of God to live this different life than the way you grew up. And it all comes through the truth of who God is, our understanding through God's word, the truth of who he is. So uh, kingdom walk, kingdom talk, kingdom talk, kingdom walk. And, and so part of it, too, I realized is how do we do this, this talk and walk of this kingdom when there's so many strange things happening? During this time, there's strange things happening. I was um, uh, talking to a guy about his dad that served in World War II. And uh, boy, some strange things were happening at that time. Our country rallied together and, you know, it was just like, what is going on? Strange things. And there were a lot of lives that were lost. And we, we honored that last week, um, thinking about so many, so many young people that um, we're just getting started, and the way they said it, um, maybe, maybe you heard Clint last week talking, and he said when he saw rows and rows of, of graves and realized those young men never got to live the life that we enjoy now. But, you know, so um, strange things are happening. Strange things are happening to our country right now. Strange things are happening all around us. We see these things. And um, we wonder. And so I think that a lot of us are kind of on edge going, <laughs> what's, what's going to happen next? We're just, what's going to happen? So how do we live this kingdom talk and kingdom walk? Well, it has to be through the Holy Spirit. For you to find any peace and any comfort through any trial at all, it's, it's, it's the Holy Spirit. And so when you're not, it's, then it's like, okay, I need to line up my thoughts with his thoughts so that I get to experience once again his peace and, and understand his love. And so here we are. And so um, each of you have something in your life that I pray today that the Holy Spirit would be speaking to you. Now, it's interesting because the Holy Spirit could have already been speaking to you in the songs we sang. Maybe there's something there that just went, um, and maybe that's all you're going to remember today. Well, that's okay. That's the Holy Spirit working in you. Maybe it was a simple prayer over the kids. Maybe there's something there. Um, So I'm going to pray again for each of us to be open for God to speak to us individually, but also as a group. Um, So, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray your Holy Spirit would do just that, that that you would speak to us about that next step that we need to take. You would speak to us about healing that we need to have. You would speak to us, Lord, today to help us um, in, in this journey that you've given us. May your Holy Spirit guide us because that's what you want to do. And may we be open for you to speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So uh, strange things were happening 
uh, during Peter's day too. Strange things were happening. Three years before, uh, in Peter's life, about three years before he met the Savior and he began to follow him. And, and Jesus said to him, he was a fisherman, and he said, come and I will make you fishers of men. So for those three years, he gave up fishing and he went and he followed the Messiah and he was learning for those three years. And we keep saying that the resurrected Christ came back for 40 days. He was appearing to them, eating with them and giving the bonus instruction um, for this new life. But he said, in my words, he said, now wait, there's one more thing you need before you do what I've been teaching you to do. And he was talking about the power from God to be that witness, the power to live this new life. But he said, wait. And I find that really interesting because they had all the teaching. Jesus downloaded all the teaching for those three years. They saw the miracles. They saw everything. But they weren't quite equipped yet to fulfill what they're supposed to do. Isn't that interesting? We go to school thinking of grads. You know, they, they graduate from high school. They, they've got it all together, right? They know better than mom and dad right now. They've got, you know, they've, they've downloaded all that they need, right? And it's like, we're all sitting there going, ah, you don't get it. You know, <laughs> wait. So for each of us, it was planned that we would come to the understanding that we need the Holy Spirit even to tie our shoes. We need the Holy Spirit to walk across the kitchen floor. We need him. That's the key for this life is that we're dependent on him for everything. So Peter uh, and the disciples, man, so much had changed. The Messiah, walking with the Messiah. And here they were. Jesus finally was uh, ascended to heaven and uh, and he said, wait till the Holy Spirit comes. And so the Holy Spirit came down upon them and the Holy Spirit came down and they couldn't stop it. And out of their mouths came the, the message of Jesus and the, the wonderful works of God. The Holy Spirit just, just, and they were saying they saw like fire upon their heads and, and, and this amazing that each one could hear them in their own language. The Holy Spirit just came in and, and out, and that's the plan for the Holy Spirit is to, for you and I to be those open vessels that the Holy Spirit can come in and out and to accomplish his plan because all we are are vessels for the Holy Spirit to use. And he says, okay, here's the plan. Okay. So we're going to look at how Peter responded because what happened at first is that the people that heard this babbling because they couldn't, one person couldn't understand what the other person was hearing, but they understood. And so it sounded like babbling. And they said, oh, the, the world's explanation at that time is they're all drunk. They're all babbling. And so Peter corrects them in that. But that caught me too. Isn't there a, a the world has an explanation for everything, Right? So when God does an amazing thing, they're explaining it some physical way, going, oh, yeah. And just like when we look at the sun and they say, well, the reason why the sun is this and that, you know, they've, they've got an explanation. Well, that's cool and all. But 
What is the kingdom explanation of what's going on? What's the kingdom explanation of what's going on with us right now? With you right now? What, what is the kingdom explanation? Okay, so open up to Acts chapter 2. And we're going to see how uh, Peter then responds. He's, the Holy Spirit is in him, so he responds. So, so verse 14, and uh, here's, here's how, uh, how Peter responds. So Peter responds in kingdom talk and kingdom walk. This is how Peter's responding. And um, so he begins to explain... Uh, what's going on. So he's empowered by, by, by God. And what Peter does is he explains what's happening by the word of God. He quotes the word of God. Isn't that interesting? So since you came to Christ, everything that was explained to you came from others in the world. And so even from you, you from your experience, you can explain things that are going on because you had all these experiences. Well, ever since Christ, now a new way of thinking came in is that everything needs to be explained through the word of God and then, and then out and not my experiences, okay? So, so watch what Peter does. Verse 14, and so I'll read through to 21 and get the full, full deal here, and then we'll go back. Um, verse 14, Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. So see how Peter's already taken that going. That doesn't make sense. Verse 15, or 16. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Okay. So out of uh, Joel, uh, Peter quotes it. I don't think Peter had a Bible. I don't, I don't think he had the, the scripture that he rolled out and he said, this is what it's... So it was something that he learned and he knew that became part of his heart and they knew it. Um, the Hebrew people knew the word of God. They quoted, they, they, they memorized the word of God and so here's Peter filled with the Holy Spirit and his response comes through the word of God, not his experience. Isn't that beautiful? Yep. It's like, you tell him, Jesus. <laughs> my, 
My resource is the Word of God, okay? And then He can do that. I'm just telling you what it says. Isn't that beautiful? So you don't have to take it on yourself. And they can say, who do you think you are? And you can say, well, God said this in His Word, so take it up with Him. So so there you are. Maybe that's all you needed to hear today. Make sure your explanation comes from the Word of God and the power, His power would do the work and not your wisdom. So there he is. He spoke it out. So um, the word of God. So kingdom talk, kingdom walk. So what he does is he gives um, the good news. And then he, he gives some bad news about when the, when the coming of the Lord comes and his power. And there's a lot of stuff that happens at the end time. And so it's a prophecy of two things happening. But he gives the good news, bad news, and then he gives the good news at the end. So talk about a sandwich. You know, there, everybody likes the good news and then the bad news. And, uh, and then there's good news again. So maybe that's what you needed to hear today. Maybe in a, in a conflict, you need to make sure there's good news, and then whatever that issue is, there it is, and then do the bad new, uh, good news again. Um, so, good news. We love to hear good news. So what, what's happening here is that in verse 17, he talks about when the Spirit comes upon them, there'll be this prophesying or speaking forth God's word. That's, that's what this means, speaking forth God's word. Um, not necessarily the future, but speaking forth God's word, and that can be part of the future, just like Joel right here. Uh, Peter right here spoke prophecy. He spoke forth God's word that's happening right there and now that was prophesied to happen, and then he spoke to the future. So it was God's word, not Peter's going Okay, this is what's happening. It's he spoke prophecy. So he says, when this happens, your daughter, your sons and your daughters will speak forth the word of God. They will speak forth prophecy. They will speak forth the truth. And it says, your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And then he talks about the manservants and the maidservants. I will pour out my spirit in those days. And then he he ends that part in verse 18 saying, and they will prophesy. So this, we could break it down and dissect it, but really what's happening here, he says, is what's coming out of them is the truth of who God is. When the spirit comes on them, it's like they can't help it, but they speak the truth of who God is and God's plan for the future. This, this is what's happening. And so, um, This is a promise of God leading his people into the future. That their dependence on him and our dependence on him leading them into the future. This this is an amazing thing that God is saying, I'm going to be your personal trainer. I'm going to be your personal guide into the future. So let me help you. Let me help you with that. Isn't that a beautiful comfort to go, we don't know what the future is. He's saying, don't worry, be happy. (laughs) I will never leave you. Last week when Clint sat up here and I said, Clint, tell the family here what you'd like to say to them. And he said, Emmanuel, God is with us. 
If you've believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, his spirit has come upon you. Even in order for you to believe that, he says, he'll never leave you. And then he gave testimony how God was with him through these different areas of his life. You know that too. God has been with you. You turn around and look and go, yeah, God was with me here, here, here. God has been there the whole time. He's with us into the future. So we don't have to panic. We don't have to worry. We know that he's with us. He's going to direct us. He's going to lead us into the future. That's his plan. Even now for you and I right now, he's going to lead us into the future. But our responsibility then is to focus on him, is to be talking to him, is to renew our mind on the word of God because his spirit goes through his words into our minds and goes, this is true because then everything is explained to the word of God. So here you and I are today saying, yes, Lord, lead us through the future and into the future. Here we go. So kingdom walk, kingdom talk. Now you are in Acts chapter two. I want you to look up at verse 11 because it explains what, what they were talking about. And just in a phrase there, it says in verse 11, talks about these different people groups, the Cretans and the Arabs. And it says, we hear them speaking in our own tongues, the wonderful works of God. The wonderful works of God. Kingdom talk, kingdom walk. So I was thinking uh, for myself, I was thinking, um, what is on the tip of my tongue? When I, when I talk to people, and it's my turn to talk, what, what, what are the things that are first to come out? So as I was thinking about the week going, ah, you know, I guess most of the time I get into a conversation and then I talk about what, what, whatever they're talking about. But think about this, the most powerful thing you could do is have kingdom talk come out of your mouth. So then I started to think to myself, how, how soon does that come out? Maybe for some it sounds religious, right? I, I don't know. I come from a religious background, but I, I think it's coming from my heart. But what is on the tip of your tongue? Just, I just want to ask you and keep it. Don't, don't be sharing that right now. <laughs> Because there's something that is either bothering you or something you're excited about and it's ready to come out. Right now, I think I talked about this even last week, that what comes out right away is just the state of our country. And so with many people, worry comes out. The minute we start talking, it's like, oh, yeah, it's this and that, and you see what's going on. We have the, the solution. So... How soon does kingdom talk come out where there's hope? Like we're talking about here, he is guiding us into the future. He is our hope. So how does that happen? Maybe for you and for me, I have to think about that. I have to pray about that. I have to change some things so I'm purposeful in my conversations. To not go into the muck and the mire and and talk about all this stuff, but to go, okay, What's going to come out of my mouth? What's going to come out of your mouth to bring people hope? And here we're talking about people filled with the Holy Spirit that what comes in, the Holy Spirit comes out. So what is the Holy Spirit wanting 
to say out of your mouth. I believe it's hope. I believe it's love. I believe it's encouragement. Somewhere, somehow you and I have to get this vehicle in line with the Holy Spirit so that he uses my mouth and your mouth to bring hope to people rather than let's just uh, misery loves company thing. Because we do, don't we? But everybody likes good news. Um, the uh, the uh, newspapers and some of the magazines, they like bad news. And it sells. Why does it sell? It's because we have an attraction for bad news. What? Yeah, we want to hear about the murder that happened over here and the wreck that happened here and, you know... Isn't that interesting? Newspapers sell. Well, not anymore. It's on the computer. (laughs) But I'm saying that God's word sells and each of you are a newspaper for somebody to read. So what's coming out of your mouth? Where's the hope that they need? And how do you do that in a loving way? Well, first of all, I've realized is that we have to have compassion because when somebody speaks, they're speaking really from their heart. And so they are concerned about the signs of the times. And so having compassion, first of all, instead of pushing it aside and saying, don't worry, be happy. Like me, I'm happy. No. Um, so having compassion and say, I understand. And then somehow bringing it around to bringing hope. Now, I come from a past of being an Eeyore. Do you know what an Eeyore is? Yeah. Any Eeyores out there from the past? Yeah, nobody, yeah, there's a few that, you know, we'll just say, yeah, we'll never make it. And then my wife, Natalie's going, hey, we can do this. <laughs> Would you be quiet? We'll never make this. No, we can build this retaining wall. It's like, yeah. So um, God has a plan for us not to be those, but to be that encouragement. So maybe even today, you're going to have to go to the mat with, with the Lord, with the Holy Spirit, and rearrange your thinking. And really, it's the Holy Spirit saying, Lord, I want to be open to your Holy Spirit to speak words of encouragement to people that need it. Okay. So here's Peter, and he speaks these words of encouragement right out of the Scriptures. He said, no, it's not as you suppose. Right out of the scripture, he speaks about this prophecy of the Spirit coming and these people speaking forth the word of God. They just, they can't contain it. And so that we know that happens with the disciples. So, um, I need to check my time here. And I want you to go to the scripture I had last week, Titus, just so that we get our bearings on where the Holy Spirit comes from. Titus chapter 3. Uh, the best way to get there is go to Revelation in the back and thumb your way in. Chapter 3, Titus. If you get to Timothy, you've gone too far. Come back just a little bit. Titus chapter 3, chapter 3, verse 4. He says, But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward humans or toward mankind appeared. Just think about that for a minute. The kindness of God appeared. Well, that was in Jesus, right? It says, it's not by, um, you haven't been saved by your righteous deeds that you've done. Even though many of you here, oh man, look at, I've done all these cool things. 
Now he says, you're not saved by works of righteousness, but according to his mercy. <laughs> you have no bragging rights, no matter how righteous that you've been or you think you have some things that you could wave a banner and say, look at all this I've did, or look at this one time. He says, oh, it's because of your mercy or his mercy that he saved us. And then he says, through the washing of regeneration. He's washing our sins away by our belief in Jesus. Washing of regeneration and the renewing of the spirit. Now the Holy Spirit takes over our bodies and begins to do something we could never do before. And he says in verse 6, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Savior, he saved us from our sin. He saved us so that we can have eternal relationship with God forever. Having been justified by his grace, that's kind of like mercy, but it's getting something you don't deserve, even though you don't deserve it, and you get something better. Um, That we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. That we inherit life eternal with God. And if you've believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, you believe that God sent his son to die on the cross for our sins and that he rose again, that he gives us resurrection life, that his Holy Spirit comes upon you. If, you. if you believe that, you have an inheritance, a relationship with God Almighty forever. And that's already started. You're already experiencing glimpses of that here, that, that promise in the future, but you get to taste that here, eternal life. You get to experience that. So it all comes through the Son of God and what He did for us. Then He poured out His Spirit upon us. Okay. So the benefits in that is, of course, the forgiveness of sin, and it's knowing this God, knowing this God that so loves us. It's knowing that we have the power to overcome the evil one. He has given you the power to overcome sin, the power to overcome the evil one that tempts every one of us every day. He's given you the power to do that. He's given you the privilege to know him who was from the beginning, know the Father. Okay, so knowing the Father, knowing forgiveness. Kingdom talk and kingdom walk is what he wants you and I to be all about. Kingdom talk, kingdom walk. So, what do we, what do, we do with our government when we don't agree with what is happening? Turn to 1 Timothy So if you were in Titus, you weren't far away. Turn to 1 Timothy, and I want you to see something here. First Timothy chapter two. What do we do? How do we have kingdom talk and kingdom walk? when it comes to um, leadership that we disagree with. Chapter 2, 1 Timothy 1, chapter 2. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that all supplication and prayers and intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all people. So, kingdom walk, kingdom talk says that I need to be praying for all. And then look what he says. For kings 
and those who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. So we're praying for our leadership so that we may lead peaceful lives. Now look what it says and what to pray about. For this is good, verse 3, and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who, listen to this, desires all, all men, all women, all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. So the most powerful thing we can pray is that God would cause our leadership to become born again. And that with that then, then their leadership would change and we would be able to live a peaceful life. So that's the most powerful thing. And you and I know that this, nobody can do that except God alone. And so the question is, Do I believe this kingdom talk and kingdom walk then means I believe that God can do the impossible because that right there sounds impossible. How could God take a whole branch of government and change? He can. He created the world. So am I praying for that? And the answer, honestly, for me is like, no, because I just get upset and I just, you know, But that's what the enemy wants, is he wants me to go, oh man, I don't think this will ever... But to go to where the power is and to pray according to God's word. Pray that all would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Last week, I asked you to join me in praying for our country. And I asked and invited you to do it every hour. I invited you to join me to set a watch or your clock at the top of each hour. Would you be willing to sacrifice a couple of minutes at the top of each hour to pray that God would change our leadership into saving people that have come to know the Lord and pray for a loved one that needs help, needs God's help. So last week I ended the service asking you to Join me. Join me and Natalie in doing this. We've been doing it for a while now. And it's, you could say, well, that's a religious thing. I pray all the time. What are you telling me what to do? I'm not. I'm inviting you. <laughs> I'm inviting you to maybe it's time for us to, to, to get to the power and to pray real powerful prayers. And, you know, the Lord talks about... Um, Petitioning him. He says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open to you. That he wants to give good gifts to you. That he wants. But it, it's, it's that um, being fervent in prayer. And maybe you all are. And so praise the Lord for that. But I'm just inviting you again that maybe, I don't know, a week or two, maybe longer, maybe it'll become a way of life that We want to become a house of prayer. And that's not the buildings, that's you and me. So what if we were that fervent of soldiers that every hour ago, top of the hour, and we'd just 
What might happen? (laughs) I know what will happen if we don't pray. But what if us together, but in your own homes or wherever you are at work, what if us together, what if we start to see some powerful things happen because we as a body decide to do something together and to pray more fervent than we've ever done? Every hour. Top of the hour. So, just... Just saying, what could happen? Kingdom talk, kingdom walk. Because you know that's what God wants, is he wants to use you and me. He wants his spirit to flow through you and me. So back in, in uh, Acts, back in Acts chapter 2, um, Peter gives the, uh, the good news. He said, here's what the, the spirit does. He began flowing and speaking the wonderful works of God. And then he goes into these end times, talking about future stuff happening. And in 19 through, through 20, um, Jesus actually talks about this in Matthew chapter 24. So if you want to turn to Matthew chapter 24... Verse 29. So Matthew chapter 4, verse 29. Um, So Peter is saying the same thing, but it's a quote again from the prophet Joel. And here's Jesus even quoting from the prophet Joel. Uh, Matthew chapter 24, verse 29 says, Immediately after the tribulation in those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give light and the stars will fall from the heaven, and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Matthew chapter 24, verse 30. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. Then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, And they will gather together his people, his elect, from the four winds, from one end of the heaven to the other. And he talks about the parable of the fig tree, and he says, you see the signs of the times. So I want to just pause right now and and say that most of you have seen some of these scriptures about the end times and you see things and you're going, I think things are getting closer. I think because I've been reading the word of God, I've seen some of Revelation, I've seen some of Daniel, I see some things happening. So kingdom walk, kingdom talk. What do we do in these times that we're living in but trusting the filling of the Holy Spirit? trusting in his plan for our lives. In these last days, what are some of the things that are happening? Let me just uh, go uh, again to, um, let's see, Second Timothy. So you're, um, we were in Titus before, so um, it's just before Titus. Second Timothy, chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3 says, But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will 
come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. Uh, Boastful, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people turn away. For of this sort, those who creep into households and make captive, gullible women loaded down with sin, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. So, in these last days, we see the signs of the times, kingdom talk, kingdom walk. How do we do it during these times? Well, it's trusting the filling of the Holy Spirit Trusting that he's going to lead us into the future. So the sandwich thing that, that Peter did, he started with the good news, and then he starts talking about the bad news. These are some things that are happening. And then he ends with the good news, verse 21. And it shall come to pass, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. <laughs> so, Whoever, (laughs) he didn't say just this group or just that group, but he said, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, whoever, doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, whoever does what? Calls upon the name of the Lord. What does that mean, call upon the name of the Lord? Well, this is a Holy Spirit transformation thing that happens. First of all, uh, you know that you need to confess your sin. You need to know that you're a sinner. What does Romans 3.23 say? For, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we've all sinned. So that means all sinners, uh, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So first acknowledging that we've all sinned. I've sinned. You've sinned. So, and then the wages or the, the result of sin is death. That's that second death that you will be separated from God Almighty forever. And he said, the wages for that sin, no matter how little or how big, is separated from God forever. It says, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And then the kingdom talk, now the kingdom walk, says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us and that God sent his only son to die on the cross for us that that's the demonstration of love. Love always has to be backed up by demonstration. Christ died for us on the cross. So, so I'm getting to that, whoever calls on the name of the Lord. So you have to go through this door of knowing that you've sinned, knowing that there's a, there's a break between you and God and that he is reconciling you to God through Jesus Christ. And so he says, then if you confess with your mouth, so here's that Holy Spirit thing in and out. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus as Lord. You know what that Lord means? Is that he's in control of everything in your life. And the question is, is that where you and I are? That he can control anything? That we could give him everything and say, it's all yours. Just tell me what to do with them. Tell me what to do with this stuff. 
If you confess Jesus as Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, it says, you will be saved. For with the heart, man believes resulting in righteousness. That's those righteous acts. God's righteousness on you. So with the heart results in in righteousness and with the mouth he confesses resulting in salvation. The spirit in has to come out has to come out the truth of who God is and that he, how he has saved you. And then he says right here, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord. And so I was quoting Romans, the Romans road. And in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, it says this exact thing. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Doesn't matter where you've been and what you've done. And so the question is, are you there? And so I hope if, if that's not you, today may be the day for you to trust him as Lord and Savior. So the hope is for everyone. For those of us that have believed, I think the three R's, and if you have your page there, I think that we're in this constant work of repentance, going, Lord, I repent of those things, help me today. Uh, repentance and requesting the, the Lord to, to fill you once again. In Ephesians it says, don't be drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So requesting the Lord to take over again. Because it seems like you and I grab the controls <laughs> and then we got to go, oh yeah, there you go, Jesus. Take, take over, take over again. So repent, request, and receive. So the last scripture before we do communion here, the last scripture... I'd like you to turn to is uh, John chapter 7. John chapter 7. John chapter 7, verse 37 through 39. It's beautiful. When Jesus was walking, it was the last day of the great feast. He calls out and he shouts out for everyone to hear. And it's the most beautiful thing anyone could ever hear. It says in verse 37, last part, if anyone is thirsty, come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. It says, but he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. You and I are in these times. And he's saying, be filled. The Spirit is beckoning you and me to come out of your members. That's the plan. If you've been born again, that's the plan. Is all that goodness needs to come out. And he's beckoning you and me to do our part. So you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are chosen as God's own possession. And it says in 1 Peter, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his own light. 